hi everyone, PK here. First of all, thank you so much for allowing me into your property investing world, whether you're walking your dog, you're driving, you're at the gym or you're cooking or whatever you're doing. Thank you for being with me, allowing me to add value into your life through, you know, financial happiness through property investing. So in this episode, we'll go through two questions and two answers. Two questions that I get asked so much. The first question is how to increase my borrowing capacity and serviceability so that I can get not only one bank loan, but multiple loans for investing in property. You know, people think I'll never be able to borrow enough money from the bank to be able to buy three to five to seven investment properties and create a passive income. What should I do? Okay, so that's the first question that we'll be covering. And then the second question is how to avoid buying a dud investment property. Okay, so for beginners, you know, a lot of people um, are actually sitting on portfolios that may have three, four, five properties, but they're all dud properties. How to actually avoid being in that position from the very start. Okay, so those are the two questions that I'll be answering. Stick with me. And I genuinely hope that uh, you get a lot out of it. Do you want to achieve wealth and passive income through property investing? PK Gupta, host of Oz Property Investment Mastery, will help you achieve passive income by buying top 5% growth and positive cash flow property and building a portfolio using data without you wasting months of time doing research, spending weekends at inspections, or dropping ten dollars to $20,000 on buyer's agents each time. So if you are confused and overwhelmed by the amount of contradictory information available online and don't know where to start, then this show is for you. Okay, so the first question, how do I increase my borrowing capacity? And I'll, I'll answer this using a bit of a case study, a real life example. So I know that there are so many out of you out there, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of investors that follow me and, and others as well, that think that, look, you know, with, with borrowing capacity as hard as it is these days with lending uh, requirements as tough as they are these days, there is no way I'll ever be able to borrow enough money to be able to acquire a property portfolio of three, four, five, six, seven properties, eight, nine, ten, whatever the case may be for you. Right? So, so many people um, think about the number of properties they need in order to achieve their passive income goal and then come to the conclusion well, the bank will never loan me a million dollars. The, the bank will never loan me one and a half million dollars. The bank will never loan me two million dollars, two and a half million dollars. And this conception, this, it demoralizes people and it makes them think, look, property investing isn't for me. I'm not going to invest in property. It's a failure to start with. I'm doomed. I'm, I'm never going to be successful because of borrowing capacity, right? But the reality is that borrowing capacity changes over time. So let me give you a story. Let me give you an example of, of someone I worked with that is a really good example of this. The example of borrowing capacity actually increasing over time and that allowing a person to buy more and more property. So about five years ago, I was working with a lady. Um, she lived in Sydney. She was a, a single mum. And at the time, 
her income was about $70,000. So average sort of income, you know, kind of statistically average income. And at the time, you know, this was at the start of the APRA clampdowns, the Australian Prudential Regulator Regulatory Authorities clampdowns on banks giving investors loans, investor loans. So, you know, at the time she only had $70,000 income or $70,000-$80,000 income, something like that, and her borrowing capacity was well under a million dollars. I think it was under $700,000 actually. So, you know, if she had thought, look, my goal from property investing is to create a passive income, to achieve a passive income of, let's say, replacing her income of $70,000, $80,000 in 10 or 15 years' time, she would have thought she would have come to the conclusion, in which, case, in which we did, um, when it comes to strategy, that she would need, let's say, six properties. And she would need them to perform in such a way, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. She would sell off a few after 10, 15 years' time, and Bob's your uncle. Right, so the strategy was clear, but she could have been really demoralized to say, well, how on earth am I going to get, how am I ever going to get, you know, six, seven, eight properties when I only earn seventy, eighty thousand dollars and I don't have a borrowing capacity of more than, more than a million dollars. In fact, it's much less than a million. So how do I go from here? You know, what do I do? She could have easily said property investing is not for me. I'm just going to play it safe. I'm going to buy a principal place of residence, pay it down. And then by the time I retire, I'll have a, a house that's fully paid off. And then at least I don't have to worry about mortgage stress. Okay. And I, I know that so many people think that way and it's not wrong, but it's just limited thinking, right? If you think that you can't get borrowing capacity to generate a passive income through property, and then you sort of fall back on the default, which is let me just work hard all my life to pay off my mortgage slowly and surely. And then by the time I retire, 65, 70, 75, hopefully my house is paid off. And then Bob's your uncle. You know, I can get the government pension of $30,000 and no mortgage. I can, I can at least survive. Look, that's definitely one type of thinking. But what this lady five years ago did was say, look, that's not good enough for me. I want to aspire for something greater. I want to actually aspire for some livable passive income in 10 to 15 to 20 years time well before I'm 60. And I'm going to really going to shoot for this, right? So what she did and what we did was instead of maxing out her borrowing capacity of whatever it was, I can't remember, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars immediately, we bought multiple smaller properties. Because the way that lending works in most instances is if the bank is willing to give you, uh, let's say, an $800,000 loan, they are going to be willing to give you three $300,000 loans, or, let me make sure I do the math correctly here, or two $450,000 loans. Okay, the bank likes smaller loan amounts because with smaller loan amounts comes less expensive property, less expensive property, more affordable property generally means higher yield. Okay, so what we did was um, we've actually, I mean, I've, I can't take the credit. She's learned how to invest in property through my help. And she has bought three properties over the last um, five years. And now her um, borrowing capacity is, is close to maxed out. But here's the thing. 
those properties, the first one was in Tasmania. I think the second one was in regional Victoria. I think it was in a Ballarat from, from memory. And the third one was in Newcastle. That was one that was more around $400,000. All three of these properties have gone up. The Tassie one has gone up from about 230 to 300. The Newcastle one has gone up from about, I think it was about 350 or 400 to about 550 in these last, I think that's been three years. And the Ballarat one has actually gone up like $130,000 in the last two and a half years. Okay, so the thing with borrowing capacity is she could have thought, look, I can never buy seven properties to generate me a passive income. Let's not even try. But she tried and she succeeded. Okay, so now she's got three portfolio, three properties. Initial purchase price altogether was about $900,000, which is her cumulative borrowing capacity at the point of purchase. But now she has more than three or $400,000 in equity. And remember, this is from a starting position of less than $150,000 in savings. That's not all in one go either. You know, the Ballarat, actually not, not even one and a half million. I think it was less than one million. What am I saying? Um, savings, in terms of savings, in terms of deposit, she had less than $150,000, okay? So the Ballarat one, she had to put in about $50,000 deposit. For Tassie, $35,000 de deposit. And for Newcastle, on a purchase price of, I think, three fifty to four hundred, it was about $60,000 deposit. So let's say a deposit in total of under $130,000 has resulted in three to four hundred thousand dollars of equity in three to five years time. She didn't buy all those properties five years ago. It was staged. Okay, so yes, she's maxed out her borrowing capacity now. But here's the thing: her life situation changes. Our life situations change, and also our property portfolio matures. So now that her LVR is no longer up at eighty-eight or ninety. It's more down in, in the 70s. The bank is more likely to entertain giving her more loans. Plus, her income from five years ago, which was seventy to $80,000, which I said at the start, is now more like $120,000. Plus, the rents have been rising for each of those three properties. Rents don't rise in correlation or direct proportion to capital growth or capital gains. But if there's capital growth, there's a good chance that rents rise as well. So total, I think um, each of those three properties, the rents have risen by about 60 or $70. Actually, it's probably more than that. I don't know these numbers off the top of my head, but it's probably close to $90, $90 a week, which on an annualized basis is amazing. Um, that's you know more than a, an, a sort of average pay rise for the average person. So you combine the, inc the lowered LVR her gross income increase from her employer plus the rental increase these three combination combined mean that she can actually borrow again it means that she can actually take out another loan right and remember she's a you know she doesn't have a husband so she's not relying on two sources of income here by herself she can now 5 years from her starting point she can get her fourth property and she's not coming back to me um, to buy the fourth property because I'm not a buyer's agent. I simply teach you how to do this yourself so you can become self-sustaining. So that's the thing, you know, 
she only had less than $120,000 of savings back in 2015, less than eight or $900,000 of borrowing capacity. Now, fast forward three to five years, she has more than $300,000 or $400,000 in equity. Um, her rents have risen by about $90 per week in total across the three properties. Her gross income from her employer has increased um, because that's the type of job she's in and she gets a, a good sort of $10,000 pay increase every year. Those three things, and the LVR is reduced in her property portfolio due to growth. Those three things combined have meant that now she can afford her fourth property. And yes, once she purchases the fourth property, she'll max out that borrowing capacity again. But like I said, if you're buying for capital growth, if you're buying for positive cash flow, if your rents are increasing, then in another th two, three years time, the LVR will go down again, the equity will go up again, the rents will go up again, and um, her income will continue to increase, even if it's just at CPI, right? So these three to four things combined means that if you're doing property investing correctly, it's not always the case that your borrowing capacity reduces and reduces and reduces. Life actually happens. You get promotions, you get pay increases, rents increase over time, not immediately over time. Capital growth occurs. All these things can occur. So if you're thinking, look, right now I'm only making $80,000, I'm only making $100,000, maybe you're married, you're only ma you're making $150,000, but you're thinking, look, there's still no way I can get $3 million of debt to buy enough properties to retire off property. Well, really the moral of the story is you don't need that borrowing capacity to start with. Life evolves, property portfolios evolve, you go on a journey. And if you're doing it right, if you're buying for positive cash flow every single time, if you're buying for short-term growth every single time, not long-term growth, right? Not just based on long-term population projections, the fact that it's close to a CBD, the fact that it, a suburb is close to a school or, or a hospital or um, train station, all these things don't impact short-term growth. You need to find short-term growth factors using data. So positive cash flow, short-term growth, um, you know, hopefully um, you're, you don't become unemployed or your pay doesn't go backwards. If these three things occur, then you'll get more and more equity in your portfolio, rents will increase, your LVR will drop, and you will be able to borrow for more and more property. Obviously, there, there is a limit, there is a ceiling, but like I've said before, you don't need 10 properties to retire off um, on a on a 80 to 100 to $120,000 passive income. You don't need 12 properties, you don't need 15 properties. Most clients that I work with, they need between three to seven properties in the long term to be able to comfortably retire off property investing. And most people actually don't want to retire, they just want to have flexibility. Right, so if you're at the start of your property journey, but maybe even more importantly, if you're a couple of properties in and you know, you do want some flexibility in the future, you do want in 10 or 15 years time to have flexibility to leave your work, even if you love your work, right? And plenty of us love what we do, but if you just want to have the option to wind down your hours or do something else, then property investing is always, always, always a good choice, okay? and. Yes, in the last five years, borrowing capacity has been difficult. 
Yes, APRA has made things hard for property investors. But the thing is that these tough times aren't going to last forever. Banks are in the business of giving loans. If they are restricted by the regulatory authority, then they can't give as many loans as they want. But they are in the business of giving loans. That is fundamentally how they make money. So I want you to fast forward five years. I want you to fast forward 10 years even and think to yourself, are the current lending restrictions going to sustain? Are they, is it going to be as hard to, to get a loan as it is last year or t today in five or 10 years time from now? And I mean, I can't predict the future, at least not in terms of lending capacity, but chances are that it will become more and more lenient. And we're already seeing that um, in the last six months as well. It will become more and more lenient. And look, it might go back to 2012 levels where everyone and their dog could get a loan. Now, that's not necessarily a healthy thing. But if you start property investing now, and by the time it comes to five years or 10 years, you've already got three, four properties or more properties, then you can just supercharge that portfolio once lending becomes more easy. You know, you might have thought you've maxed out your borrowing capacity, but fast forward five years, all of a sudden, you've got another million dollars to lend or another one and a half million dollars to lend. But if you wait for that, then that's not so effective. So make sure you start now, right? Positive cash flow, rental increases, reducing your LVR, increasing your equity, working hard in your nine to five or your business, to service your portfolio, and then let your portfolio evolve. Let it do what you need it to do, and allow that portfolio to afford you more property purchases, and then identify how many properties you need to achieve your passive income goal. You know, you don't need 10, 15 properties. Most people that are just everyday Australians or everyday people, they don't wanna buy a mansion, they don't want to live in Toorak in Melbourne or Hawthorne or, or Bulimba in Brisbane or Mossman in Sydney. They don't need that AMG Mercedes. Most people just want a six-figure passive income from property so that they can continue driving their Honda or Toyota or Kia or, um, or Audi, but just have flexibility so they can spend more time doing the things that they love with the people they love. So the message is, if that's you, take heart. Don't think borrowing capacity is a drain. In fact, like I explained with the, the lady, my, one of my clients from five years ago, it's possible to increase your borrowing capacity over time if you buy right. And now for the second question, how to avoid buying a dud investment properties. There are a lot of people, property investors, that have five, six, seven properties. I work with them all the time. And oftentimes they don't work with me in order to buy another property, but to review their existing portfolio and figure out which of their properties they should sell. Because there's a saying that birds only fly as high as they are able. Okay, birds only fly as high as they are able. So if you have dud properties in your portfolio, then that portfolio is only going to fly as high, so to speak, as it is able to. And if you have, even if you have five, six, seven properties, and 
on the face of it, you know, you can say, look, I'm a property investor. I have so many properties in total. They are valued at 2 million or 3 million or whatever the case may be. If you have dud properties, then you will not get the equity increase in your portfolio fast enough and you won't be making a passive income in the short and long term. Okay, so birds will only fly as high as each of them are able. So in order to make sure that you don't just accumulate a portfolio for the sake of it, to make sure that you actually accumulate a portfolio that will achieve you the passive income target, that safety, that security, that assurance that in five years time, eight years time, 10 years time, you will be able to have some flexibility in your role, in your professional career to reduce working hours or at least um, have some choice not to work, then it's really, really important that you don't put education second, but you put education first, okay? Because otherwise, the ego metric will be really strong. You know, you'll have three properties or five properties or seven properties. You might get to that number if your household income is super, super high and you're really, really good saver. But even though you get that number of properties, that portfolio is not going to increase fast enough in value and it is not going to allow you to transform all of those properties into very, very, very heavily cash flow cash cows. Because that's what we want. In 10 or 15 years time, we want cash cows. We don't want to have to think about those properties. We just want all of them or each and every one of them to be giving us 20 to 30 to $35,000. And in that way, you just, and that's net by the way, and in that way, you just need between three and five properties to have a very comfortable six-figure, you know, low six-figure income that basically takes care of you if you choose to retire before the age of 65 or in retirement after you turn 65. But if you already have um, a portfolio and there are properties in there that you bought in 2015 or 16 and 17, and you know that they haven't done anything. You know that they're maybe not even producing any passive cash flow. Maybe they're producing $1,000, $3,000, $2,000, they haven't increased at all, or maybe they've increased 10, 15, 20,000, maybe even just 50,000 in the last three to five years. Then you know what I'm talking about. You are one of those property investors, for better or worse, um, that has dud properties because a good property should allow you to extract equity within the first three years, okay? Ideally, within the first two years, but within the first three years, okay? That is the definition of a good property purchase. And simultaneously, it should be giving you a more and more net of all costs, positive cash flow, passive income from day one, okay? so. If you are a property investor that um, unfortunately isn't experiencing that or haven't experienced that, even though you may have two, three properties, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. But for those of you who are watching this and listening to this and don't have any properties, then I encourage you, don't just accumulate properties for the sake of it, okay? That's not going to get you to your goal. It's not the number of properties or how quickly you can buy the properties that that counts, that matters. It's the quality of the purchases. 
okay? Of course, the more the better, but we need to have quality purchases. And quality purchases mean that they increase in the first three years, ideally before that actually, so that you can take equity out of that property, recycle that debt, and go again and again and again, and all the while, every year, increasing your passive income, so that in 10 or 15 years time, that passive income is starting to hit $100,000, a net of all costs, okay? And at that time, in 10 or 15 years, with the right strategy, you should also be looking to retire all your debt, not through paying off mortgage payments, not through you know using your hard-earned money that you earn by going to a job and using that to pay off the, the debt, no, we want to let the market pay off the debt. Okay, so that's a very specific strategy that very advanced uh, property investors use. You let the market pay off the debt, not your hard-earned money. Okay, so that is how you do a property investing, but a quality of properties needs to be there to achieve those strategies, to achieve those outcomes. Birds can only fly as high as they are able to. Different types of birds can fly at different altitudes. And so therefore, different property portfolios will give different results depending on the quality of properties within that portfolio. The number of properties doesn't matter. How quickly you buy properties doesn't matter. How much you can boast to your friends or at the barbecue or your colleagues that I have five properties, I have eight properties, I have 10 properties. All of that is really useless. I know it seems really attractive when we first start. And in fact, when you do make a property purchase, you become a bit addicted to it. As soon as you sign on that dotted line and then you settle, it, you can't wait to get the next one and the next one and the next one. It's a bit like gambling to some extent. But I just want you to press pause, reset your mind and think, am I guaranteeing that my next or first purchase is going to provide positive cash flow from day number one and grow sufficiently so that, that I can extract equity in the first three years. And if you can't guarantee that, then you need some education. All right, guys, so hopefully that was useful. Quality, not quantity. Don't go for the ego metric. Make sure you don't buy any dud properties in your portfolio. Thank you so, so much, guys, for being with me for the last 20, 25, 30 minutes. You know, it means the world to me that so many of you um, actually tune in. When I started this podcast, I didn't actually think anyone would actually listen, but I get so much great feedback. Um, if you do appreciate it, leave a review. But even if you don't want to leave a review, just thank you so much for, for listening. Catch you later. Thank you.